Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by medical students and physicians in training, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. I'm Lakshman Swamy, internal medicine resident at Boston Medical Center. Today's episode features Dr. Steve Spear, thought leader in healthcare systems improvement. The work I've been doing in healthcare is trying to take the best of all other industries in terms of deep, deep understanding of how systems can be designed, operated, and relentlessly improved and bring that skill set into the healthcare setting. More from Steve Spear right now on Radio Rounds. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm Lakshman Swamy. Last week, we spoke with Steve Nuanis, a fourth-year osteopathic medical student, about the unique advantages and challenges in an osteopathic career. This week, we start our four-part series with Steve Spear, senior lecturer at the MIT Sloan School of Management and a senior fellow at the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. He's also the author of a number of books, including, most recently, The High-Velocity Edge. We'll be airing a four-part series of our interviews with Steve Spear about his thoughts on medicine, modern healthcare, and really just the importance of improving what we do. Today's episode is titled Passing the Baton, and we'll be discussing a critical topic in modern medicine, perfecting the handoff. Dr. Spear, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why am I talking to you? why, Why are you on a medical radio show? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on a medical radio show. Uh, the reason I spend a lot of time in healthcare, despite the fact that my background is in uh, business and management education, I have an engineering degree, that sort of thing, is that healthcare, in terms of uh, cost, quality, and access, can be much better than it currently is. And my work is really focused on working with healthcare professionals of all types nurses, pharmacists, doctors, technicians, administrators help them understand how to take the very, very complex systems in which they're embedded, on which they depend to do their own personal professional work, and to which they're responsible, and help them understand how to manage those so they can, with much less exertion, create far more value to many more people in much less time. It sounds like what you're saying is that these clinicians that you're talking to may not have some of the skills that you think they need to succeed in you know, making care better, cheaper, etc., uh, that, that's exactly right. If you think about uh, you know, our daily experience, all of us become uh, good and accomplished within our profession, and we depend on expressing our best professional capability within an environment which is constructed by others. And the construction of that environment uh, depends on those other people having some really profound knowledge and deep science about their specialty. So, for example, we're conducting this interview, and it's fairly comfortable we're sitting in a very comfortable building only because uh, there's a specialty and a discipline of architecture and contracting and all that other stuff. We're using all this advanced electronics because there's electrical engineering and the skills to manufacture all this stuff. So we can just assume all this stuff is available to us to facilitate this conversation. It's, it's the same with the systems of work by which uh, people, and oftentimes many, many people, are trying to work collaboratively and harmoniously towards some common purpose. Each of those people has their own profession uh, and their own skills associated with that profession. Ideally, the environment in which they're 
trying to express their full potential is a good one. And oftentimes it's not because though there's a lot of effort going into designing the physical setting and a lot of effort going into designing the technological setting of equipment in IT and that sort of thing, less often is their effort gone into designing the systems of work by which people's efforts come together. And the work I've been doing in healthcare is trying to take the best of all other industries in terms of deep, deep understanding of how systems can be designed, operated, and relentlessly improved and bring that skill set into the healthcare setting. So can you give me an example of how how systems play a role in, say, a, a doctor or a nurse's everyday work and, how, and really how it affects a patient? Yeah, so I've been doing this healthcare work since about 2000, and, and there's a quote that really resonates and sticks with me even from my first introduction to this field. We were in a conference room at a hospital reflecting on why people were working so hard to give less than perfect care and to far fewer people than they otherwise would want to and otherwise needed care from that facility. And as we were reflecting on one frustration after another frustration after another frustration, a surgeon just rolled his head back, you know, looked, stared at the ceiling, and he said, my goodness, we each create so much value doing the work we do, and we destroy so much value in the handoffs. And, and that really gets to the point, is that as healthcare professionals, you all are trained very, very deeply within a specialty, but you receive very little training, if any at all, on constructing the connective tissue by which your best efforts can come together. And just by way of an analogy, think of it this way. Imagine runners who spend their entire career training as individualists, uh, running the 100, the 200, the hurdles, whatever else. And then they find, for whatever reason, they've been thrown onto the relay team. Even if you have four phenomenally fast individuals, uh, the results are predictable, is that the relay team will be very slow. And in fact, this is true. It goes back in Olympics or two, both the American men's and women's had arguably the three or four fastest runners in the world on their team. And whoever was fourth on the team was in the top five or six. And both of them got disqualified because they couldn't handle the baton pass. In one case, they dropped it. In one case, they made the baton pass, but out of the passing zone. Now, you think about what's involved in constructing a great relay team. It's true you have to have four great runners, but it's more complicated than getting from the starting line to the finish line. What's required, first of all, is making sure you have the right person in the right place. Because even something as short as the 4 by 100 there's a skill for starting the race, which some people are better at and other people aren't quite as good. There's a skill for sprinting at the end through the line. Um, because it's a 4 by 100 it's not just straighter ways like the 100-meter uh, mm-hmm. dashes. There's the skills of running the turns. There's the skills of handing off the baton. There's the skills of receiving the baton. Um, you know, some, Again, some people might be better or worse. So in constructing the relay team you have to worry about the objective which is the finish Mm. line but you also have to worry about the staffing and the sequence of work and you also have to worry about the interfaces the handoff of the baton and then you get to worry about the running what you find in organizations which have deep sophistication in their core science or core technology but they lack a deep sophistication in the science of systems is that there's a tremendous investment in training the runners you know, mm-hmm. How good a doctor, a nurse, a pharmacist, a technician, an aide, an orderly, an administrator can you be? There is um, underinvestment because of underfamiliarity in the connective tissue, how to make the pay- handoffs and who should be handing off to whom. 
And so we help people understand those the frameworks necessary to accomplish that. You know, the, the idea about handoffs being something that we're not really trained to do really strikes strikes home for me because re- I was recently on an ICU rotation, and it was amazing to see how how much effort everyone is putting into taking care of the patient. But there's so many things built into, and this obviously reflects a lot about the healthcare system and everything, but you know, you'd have this team of residents attendings and we would, it's beautiful in the day, we round with the pharmacist, the nurse that's taking care of the patient, the, the chaplain, you know, spiritual counsel, the nutritionist. It was really beautiful teamwork. Uh, and then we, we go through and we do that and then in the, in the evening when it's time for the handoff, we do a good handoff, but the... There's a resident who's on night float, and then there's a locum. You know, basically, there's a there's a private physician who comes in and, and is kind of moonlighting and just uh, and just filling in that night. Yeah. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's gonna have you have to fill the gaps. But here's what struck me: the the st- the sheet that we all use for our for our handoff, which basically said, you know, here's the patient, here's what they're here for, here's a little bit about their history, just the, the absolutely vital information. The the locum, you know, these private physicians who are attendings would go about their night and see their patients and take care of things, but they would not update that sign out sheet. Right. They would they would just tell us in the morning and they'd go through it really quickly and there's you know essentially you got the feeling that they said, I did my job, the patients I'm leaving them with you in, in good shape. The ones that are not here, I'm gonna tell you about them. Okay, I'm heading out. Yeah. So th- this issue of uh the connective tissue, you know, managing the handoffs. This is a universal challenge in any organization. High-tech healthcare simply doesn't matter. Uh, certainly the military where you have shifts and that sort of thing. Managing the handoffs is critically important. Some people do it exceptionally well. A lot of people, again, it's back to this emphasis on training and evaluation within profession. They don't realize until they're deep, deep into it that managing the handoffs is important. And, and I'll just give you examples that we were trying to do some work in Pittsburgh around eliminating surgical site infections. So you say, well, in order to do that, you have to involve doctors and nurses to figure out what the vectors are and how to break the connection between vectors and so forth. So if you need nurses' involvement, then the question is, do nurses have time? And the answer was they didn't. So then they did the analysis of where, is ner- where are nurses losing time. There are a whole bunch of issues of batteries dying out on portable computers and whatnot. But anyway, one of the places they were losing a tremendous amount of time was on pass-down, shift change. And it was some 45 minutes at the end of each shift that a nurse would prepare for pass-down, and then some 45 minutes to do the pass-down. And then what was observed, of course, is not only was this huge amount of time invested in pass-down, but once one shift left, the nurses on the oncoming shift essentially went about reconstructing the information that one thought was passed down during the handoff. And and the the problem was that the nurses on abutting shifts had never had the conversation of what information as the oncoming shift do you think you need content? What information do you need and how do you want to present it? Format, what's the best timing and setting to convey that? And likewise for the nurses leaving, again, what's the most convenient content or most important content, most convenient format, timing and setting to convey that information? Once they started having that conversation, they came up with very reliable ways of making um, pass down. A lot of it, a lot more of it, uh, written, coded, so it was unambiguous, it was explicit, it was complete. The stuff that was left for speaking was the, the, the nuances of individual patients. So after making this investment in constructing a much better baton pass, they went from 45 minutes at the start and the end of every shift to about 10 or 15 minutes. 
Now, in a nursing unit with seven nurses and you free up an hour per nurse, it's essentially a free nurse. Mm-hmm. And not only is it a free nurse, it's a free nurse um, or free nursing time with the equivalent of a, a nursing FTE of people who are much less um, frustrated, aggravated, and harried because they're ending their work with a sense of completion and they're beginning their work with the information they need to pick up, like grabbing the baton mm-hmm. and continuing mm-hmm. the race rather than having to backtrack and rework. You know, I think it's a, it's a great analogy and a, and a great example with the nurses. Obviously, has such an impact on so many aspects of our work, but especially the fact that we can focus more on the work we really need to do. So, Dr. Spear, thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rounds. Talked a little bit about handoffs and how systems are important. And uh, for, the, for the rest of you out there, please stay tuned to Radio Rounds. You might get to hear from Dr. Spear again soon. That was Steve Spear, a senior lecturer at the MIT Sloan School of Management and a thought leader, really, in healthcare and systems improvement. We're airing our interviews with Steve as a four-part series. In the next episode, which will be titled Learning from Gas Stations, he'll be discussing ambiguity and workarounds. In the meantime, remember that you can download podcasts of all past episodes, just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds or visit our website. You can also contact our team via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All of that information on RadioRounds.org. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage, providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at MedPlusAdvantage.com. Radio Rounds is also proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network, online at studentdoctor.net. Find answers to your questions about medical school or residency programs. Ask questions in our online forums and get answers quickly. It's fast, easy, and available now at studentdoctor.net. Of course, please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds. Thanks for joining us, everyone. For our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, this is Lakshman Swamy from Boston.